My name is Harrison Wheeler, and this is Technically Speaking. Randall Wilson is my guest on this episode. I found the title Becoming a Master Builder fitting because he's well on his way to achieving Lego Master Builder status, which we'll get into later on the show. He also builds brands, has a background in architecture, manages a design team at Capital One, and he's the co-founder of the Hue Design Summit. We'll have a discussion on how all of these things interplay with each other, and I'll seek his wisdom, observations, challenges, and advice on how to execute a vision from the designer's lens. Following the joy. And that doesn't mean going in a linear path, right? Like I can do this Hue Design Summit over here. I can do this Lego thing over here. I can work in corporate America up there. These things aren't connected per se, but the core element is me because that's where my joy is. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Technically Speaking, a podcast about the human experience. On this episode, I'm bringing on Randall Wilson II, who currently resides in Chicago. He's a user experience manager at Capital One, and he's a co-founder of the Hue Design Summit that just took place this summer. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. How you doing, Harrison? Between the stuff that's been happening in Wisconsin, which is my home state. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Milwaukee, which isn't too far north of Chicago. Yeah, I was going to say not too far. Yeah. From me. yeah. So it, that, that stuff kind of really hits home in that in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. And then we've been dealing with the fires for the past couple of weeks. And so how close are you? Six, nine miles out. But it's just been a wall mm-hmm. of smoke. The air quality hasn't been that great. And maybe four wow. days ago was sort of the first day that we could see the sun wow, without man. it being filtered That's by like unreal. a film of smoke. So I hope uh, I hope you and you and your peoples in San Jose and, you know, back in Wisconsin doing OK. But yeah, how, how are you doing? It's like you mentioned, we just finished the Hue Design Summit. So we're on extended break right now. Um, and I'm taking I'm taking the time to really give myself grace. Uh, I usually am a, a I work around the clock just on different efforts. Like if it's not work, then it's you design summit. If it's not that, then it's, you know, the most incredible effort, the the hip hop Lego stuff I'm doing. If it's not that, it's something else. So I'm trying to like sit down and, you know, and, and take take a day uh, every day. So you know you started out in, in architecture. You were doing a bit of coding. Then you transitioned that to graphic design. You've got UX, mm-hmm. you're working on becoming a Lego master builder, um, and you've got the Hue Design Summit. So, so what is the motivation behind all of that? <laughs> like, how, how did you, how did you find yourself sort of getting a taste of different things and, and what has that led to? Well, I, I, uh, one of the first memories I have of my life is waking up and going to the dining room table in my parents' apartment in 1990 and, and playing with Lego set. So I think that's really when my life started. I was four years old. I, mm. I won't forget it was in Decatur, Georgia, because um, I'm from the A. I don't know if that popped up anywhere in your search, but that's <laughs> important. So, yep. so I think from there, my, my creative nature led me to different things. It, 
you know, connecting Lego all the way to uh, finding a specific diploma in high school that would allow me to major in architecture in college. And then being in college and visiting Chicago for the first time, that really lit up the, the imagination I had to just see, you know, what, what craft looks like applied well. Mm. Uh, method op, you know is that is that is that from like a architecture perspective yeah like, what, what, what was that yeah okay. i think that's what it was right because you know i was i've still been playing with with lego to that point mm-hmm. so to just see what i was majoring in and all these buildings and these architects that we studied to see the work mm-hmm. that has stood the test of time um, yeah. also i'm reading currently devil in the white city and part of that half mm-hmm. of that book yeah. is about burnham and root right that yeah. architecture firm and some of those buildings are still here. Um, yeah. Just so, so just seeing the the end goal at the time, because mm-hmm. I I eventually came to the point practically where I was about to graduate and somehow did not realize that I needed to master get a master's degree in architecture as well as the bachelor's. Yeah. So <laughs> like, no, I think I'm, I think I'm done. I think I'm tired of this. So was it, was it like a, was it a money thing or oh, were yeah. you just not? Oh yeah. You know, uh, okay. Unapologetically. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, wow, I have to do all of this and then you get paid that yeah. after all of this. Uh, mm. I don't think so. I love, I right. loved it, but I also fell out of love with it as far as practicing yeah. it while I was in college. So, mm. uh, decided to pivot because at the same time I was doing graphic design for campus organizations, you know, everybody, people right. are doing flyers, everybody knows right. that journey. So I know that game. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So it was right to passage, <laughs> right of passage, right. <laughs> Crossing the sand as it were. So like I did that. And then at the same time, shortly after graduating, uh, friends of mine that were getting into music needed a website. And so that's when I learned how to code, getting my hands dirty into that. And then mm-hmm. parlay that into a an email design internship and then arrived at where I'm at now with Capital One as a UX designer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So what keeps you at a company for nine years? <laughs> I am currently... Fun fact, as of as of this recording, the longest tenured black designer in my department. Wow, congrats, congrats. Yeah, and I'm not that old. So <laughs> I, I, I started basically when I was a kid. So uh, what keeps me there, yeah. I would say, I'm sure you're aware of the concept of, of people not leaving jobs, they leave managers. Right. So I've been fortunate and lucky uh, to have managers that are, mm. that can still challenge me, that teach me, that advocate for me in mm. rooms that I'm not in, uh, right. and allow me to to grow the way I want to grow and 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 facilitate that. And so these are the right. lessons that I've that I've that I've uh, captured and perpetuated in me managing people at work too. Mm. So. That's that's what happens. That's what leads to me being there for a decade. Almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you you know, kind of how the tech world is. You get you get mm-hmm. four years, you're a dinosaur. 
two years, mm-hmm. a lot of folks start looking. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, so much has changed, but I, I think to understand myself as a manager, I don't think you're going to get to the place of, of being able to make an impact if you're not at a company for more than two years, right? Because you're just kind of learning everything, you know, in the first two years alone. So I want to go to you being in Atlanta and the music influence, and you were talking about sort of like the hip hop Lego, like tell me a little bit about that. Cause I I think it's a, it's a different angle that we don't hear too much. Yes. And I'm a big fan of Atlanta music. I could, let me, let me, let me see if I can truncate it and and make it succinct. So as I mentioned before, grew up with Lego, still have Lego in my apartment. 30, been playing with Lego for 30 yeah. years. Friend of mine from New York, Sarita Gates, I knew, I know her through one of my co-founders of the Hue Design Summit, uh, Alfonso Jordan. He also went to college with yeah. me. And she, I guess yeah. she was just asking around, like, who, do you know anybody that knows how to, uh, you know, build Lego or, you know, anybody that's skilled with it? And he just so happened to know me. And so we connected and she's like, yo, I want to do some hip hop Lego stuff. And, and so her being okay. from New York, you know, the cradle of, of hip hop. Right. Yeah. But also yeah. me being from yeah. the A where hip hop, you could arguably say, uh, was centered in the early 2000s, 2000s on lock on lock. And, and also for the people that aren't familiar, me growing up in the, in Atlanta in the early nineties and mid nineties, when you had Raheem, Kilo Ali, you had, uh, and mm. For me, growing up, hearing, I probably wasn't supposed to listen to this at the time, 3-6. Like, (laughs) so I'm familiar with being in a city that is at the center of a culture, just like she is. Mm. So there was not, there was, there was commonality and a a vernacular that we could speak to each other. So uh, combining, you know, the culture of hip hop with, the the toy some people think of it as lego but also as an art medium uh there's 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 disparate connections that i think well disparate worlds that you can connect um with those but with a simple uh unit being a brick right that's that's a common word that that floats through both worlds and and just seeing what you can unlock and not only just remake in Lego, but what you can then provide commentary on through a brick. So that's what we're exploring uh, currently. The project mm-hmm. was started with, uh, was it a partner that you b- began Hugh Design Summit with? Yes. So myself, Alfonso Jordan, Tiffany Ricks. Uh, Alfonso yeah. and Tiffany mentioned something about a, uh, they had a separate conversation about it, like doing a retreat. And okay. Zoe and myself, started talking about what would it look like if we were to start an agency to serve black owned businesses um mm. in the area of atlanta and so all three of us i think got in a room a uh, digital room on group me and just started talking about you know what would it look like to have a, a black centric retreat for designers uh, that yeah. is not typical and not uh representative of a lot of the blacks uh black events that we that we've had then and now 
how can we add to the ecosystem basically and, and it looked like it started in a living room right like tell me tell me that story oh yeah yeah so one of the things that i think is rewarding about being in this being in this diaspora is the the communal aspect of of how we communicate yeah. we grow up that we share information and sometimes it it doesn't happen it do, it's not facilitated in the best way in like a classroom or a sterile setting um i think mm. in in the tradition of passing information down from generation to generation through the through the spoken word through art um just being in a place where you know let's say we can get together at somebody's house and talk about design stuff talk about best practices talk about our experiences talk about things that we mm. know that aren't necessarily represented in the textbook that we can share right. and give people a leg up on where they are and what journey they want to uh, go down so yeah started in living when, when when was the first conference a couple of years ago three years ago first conference was in 2017 <laughs> and okay. here the, the interesting context about that is yeah. if you remember that was the same year that fire festival happened mm, yeah <laughs> yep wow also wow yes how did that 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 feels like forever ago by the way it does it does <laughs> it 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 is it is something that we kept in mind as we planned this conference and said, "Yo, if if as long as we're not as bad as that, we okay." <laughs> now, granted, even though even though we had that backdrop, we only had like three designers come. Yeah, but you got to um, start somewhere. Yeah, right. And so one, two out of the three, the third yeah. one is like my best friend. He still attends. Okay. Two out of the three ended up becoming part of the collective. Okay. So uh, for the first one came from New Mexico in fashion design, and then the other one was a mm. friend of Tiffany's. And so they've become okay. a part of this group of people that are putting these experiences together uh, for the community. And and how has that community grown from 2017? 2000, we'll end, we'll end the in-person uh, version in 2019. And then I want you to kind of talk about the, the mm -hmm. more virtual experience and how that sort of mm -hmm. transformed, as I like to call, it was the unconference of your unconference. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, sweat, uh, sweatpant conference, basically. Um, I, the way that it grew, we utilized some of our, you know, the networks that we're naturally um, yeah. a part of. We have a, a black, black in design group me that we had started a couple years ago that alfonso i think started and we just yeah. um you know shared spread the word in there uh we mentioned i think in 2018 that we were coming back and we partnered with uh, african-american graphic designers group um mm. uh shout out to terrence um so we we shared the the event with with his network and then from there i think it just spreads once the word, mm. once the word spreads and people understand that, yes, this is not like a typical conference that you've gone to. It is supposed to be smaller and more intimate than other spaces yeah. so that you can connect mm. with people. And because one of the things that I believe in and Sarita does too, and everybody that I think we work with is relationships are important. Yep. Not, not to, not to be self-serving, just 
but more just so so you can learn from somebody that you can, can you know build with somebody over time um yep. and so to do that we focus on the 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 environment being more contained and not having 100 200 250 mm. people in a room where you just are really only able to absorb the information coming at you but not being able to talk to the person right next to you so so to go to the virtual experience um and not not having that number necessarily being a direction that we'd have to follow uh, we wanted to be more inclusive and make sure we got uh students that aren't from you know pedigreed schools whatever that means right that's that's a loaded concept um <laughs> so so making sure that we that we got that we got college students we even got a couple folks from high school that were graduating that were early in their design journey along with people that are well established in their careers and making sure that we made time for people who talked or made time for people who yeah who who presented to also come back and talk to people that were interested in that uh design discipline yeah. so people that may have spoken to user experience or uh industrial design having those breakouts afterwards right. and having that you know that group of 10 to 15 people to ask more in-depth questions just like what happens at the physical summit right. i think we were able to translate that one-to-one -one. yeah because i think from from what i saw this year you had cheryl miller uh mm -hmm. who's been working in the graphic design space for quite some time a historic figure, living legend. Mm -hmm. um, then you had Regine, who was actually on one of my past shows, um, having a conversation around accessibility. You had the CEO of Gravity Sketch was 3D. You had you yes. had designers talking about brand design, how logo logos can make an impact. So, a really mm -hmm. wide variety of, of topics, and I think it's it's important because it allows you to just pull in inspiration from a number of these different areas what drives inspiration for you and like what currently kind of has you intrigued and you know i have to I, ha I have a short list i'm just gonna run through them data viz slash infographics i've been interested yeah. in that uh the concepts of decolonizing mm -hmm. design and intersectionality uh, yeah. and some wild cards being Japanese city pop, Korean crime dramas, and video game history. Because um, I also am a retro game collector. So there's a yeah. new Netflix yeah. special out. Have you caught that one? It's on High Score. There yeah, we go. I was watching it last night. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I was like, okay, yeah, I know you're definitely. You probably already watched it already. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> you know it, it's the the game design yeah. in 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 the world of how UX applies to that yeah. is something that I think drives my interest yeah. in in video games. Because not only was I playing with Lego at the age of four, I was also playing Nintendo. Yeah. So these things kind of uh, connect. And fun fact, Lego just came out with a Nintendo Entertainment System set. The world collide. So you, you mentioned Korean crime drama. Which, what are you watching right now? And what is it about? Bad guys, uh, which is about these three convicts and a detective is letting them out of jail and having them solve crimes to reduce their sentence, reduce their sentences, okay. uh, starting to watch Stranger, um, uh, Kingdom from way back, from way back, from yeah. a couple of years ago, which is more zombie based. But 
um, yeah. I, I, I draw from other cultures, like many, any, anything across the world. Yeah. Um, which is why you heard me say city pop from Japan. Yeah. Just taking different aesthetics and understanding right. what that means um, and what significance that has and how it shows up in design is, is how I read, you know, yeah. different, different uh, forms of yeah. art. And you mentioned something around decolonization of design. What are you currently reading to learn more about that? There's a book, one of the, a book of parts called cross-cultural design. So really understanding mm-hmm. what design represents and what it signifies in different cultures. If you can imagine what, you know, this westernized Eurocentric uh, curriculum of design looks like in India or mm-hmm. Singapore or Africa or you know, so, and mm. somewhere in Brazil, how, what, what the history of these cultures, um, yeah. mean and how they interpret it and how you should really understand who you're designing for and what not to do and how to better imbue your work with understanding and yeah. that awareness. Because again, being in architecture, mm. what would it have looked like if what my art history class was comprised of work primarily from Africa or Asia or South America and not just, you know, the Parthenon and the Pantheon and all of these things. And even my, Mm. uh, even my Mm. architecture building on campus is built in the style of the Bauhaus from Europe. Right. So really understanding what I've been learning and how I'm trying to unlearn at the same time. So in, in a lot of, in some of this work, I'm learning from Dr. Leslie, uh, Dr. Leslie Ann Noel, who spoke at a previous Hue Design Summit. So really just kind of following her lead and, and learning from, from her and many other people in this space. Oh, and Dr. Dory got a shout out. It, sound, it sounds like I'm dropping names, but I'm really just showing love. Like these are people that are doing a lot of work and that I'm listening yeah. to. And, and by the way, many of the, the folks and resources that you're shouting out, I'll actually link on the website and in the podcast so mm-hmm. folks can learn a little bit more and educate themselves. Yes. All right. So here's the big question. Uh, we set the show <laughs> up with you becoming or striving to become a, a Lego master builder. How could you metaphorically relate that to the work that you currently do, or at least the experiences that you've had in the past? Lego master builders have to have a vision to be able to put discrete parts together to to build a mass, a form that serves the public. In in this in this context, it's art, but that kind of informs the way that I work and, and learn as a UX manager, UX designer, being able to see mm. the many different parts that will comprise the experience and the product and what's needed. What is the glue, right? Mm. To put those things together in the right way, in the right process, in the right patterns to work the way that people need them to work. Mm. So that's how I'm, that's how I've thought of how these things connect and how I've been working. I love it, man. Is there, is there anything that you want to leave with the audience before we wrap up? Find 
find the things that bring you joy and and keep that in your mind's eye if you can. I think a lot of my a lot of my career has been following following the joy. And that doesn't mean going in a linear path, right? Like I can do this Hue Design Summit over here. I can do this Lego thing over here. I can work in corporate America up there. These things aren't connected per se, but the core element is me because that's where my joy is. So I would say follow your joy. The master vision of the master builder. How could folks uh, get in contact with you? You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Randall Wilson II. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at The Rock Files, T-H-E-R-O-C-F-I-L-E-S, named after the album. Um, if you're a fan of Rock the Mic, you know what album that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think that's it. So feel free to drop a line. I'll respond. Enjoy this episode. Be sure to hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform that you use. You can also subscribe to my newsletter at harrisonwheeler.com for the latest industry insights, new article posts, and announcements of future guests on the show. Once again, thanks for listening to this episode of Technically Speaking. I'm your host, Harrison Wheeler, and I'm out.